Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 24th of October 2020. And the title of this episode is Legal Challenges at Wizards of the Coast. What scares you? The marketplace on by commissioned a survey to find out what scares people in Netflix horror movies. So let's do the top 10 in reverse order. Aliens. 30% of people said they were scary. Snakes. 41%. Clowns. 50% of people are not fans of clowns. And that must be devastating news for every clown out there. Zombies. 52%. And I doubt any zombie cares. Killer children. 66%. Dolls. 72%. And I have to assume they mean killer or possessed dolls. I mean, a G.I. Joe isn't that spooky. Spiders. 78%. Cannibals. 86%. And we are into well-reasoned territory here. If you find yourself alone with a cannibal, then yeah, leave. Ghosts. 87%. Oh well. Reason succumbs to superstition. And then, in the top place, serial killers at 92%. As it happens, serial killers also have the most horror content on Netflix. Oddly, they're followed by aliens, which is what most people are least frightened by. And do you know what frightens me? Attack lawyers. It's a shame so many parts of the world have become so litigious. It's not good when people are scared of coming to the help of someone in the street in case that person they help winds up trying to sue them. It's the mention of attack lawyers that brings me to the big story of the week. The Dragonlance co-creators, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, are taking Wizards of the Coast to court. The paperwork from the two authors claim that Wizards of the Coast is maliciously blocking the next Dragonlance trilogy and therefore depriving Hickman and Weiss of millions of dollars. The allegations in the paperwork are horrible, but we should remember that highly paid attack lawyers have worked hard to make them sound as damning as possible. We've not heard from Wizards of the Coast, and since it's gone legal, we might never do. Wizards of the Coast own Dragonlance. Hickman and Weiss pitched a new trilogy to Wizards, who agreed, and then Penguin Random House was lined up to be the publisher. The authors then struck international deals. After that, there was some sort of back and forth around inclusion, diversity and representation in the books. Hickman and Wise say they complied to all of Wizards of the Coast's requests. Wizards of the Coast then, separately, found themselves embroiled in hot water around the perceived failure of them to do enough on inclusion, diversity and representation. Hickman and Wise's paperwork links the two claiming that what happens next is related. The authors say that Wizards of the Coast shoved the project into limbo after the first book was pretty much written. The court documents say that Wizards of the Coast won't cancel the contract and presumably there are some sort of commercial penalties for them doing so. But nor will Wizards of the Coast approve any more revisions of the work and so there's nothing to publish. The result is an impasse which leaves the 64-year-old Tracy Hickman and the 72-year-old Margaret Weiss without any money from the project. Now, the website Networth Post estimates Tracy Hickman to be worth around $14 million and Margaret Weiss to be around $8 million. Obviously, though, treat those estimates with a truckload of salt. 
I once found a website that estimated Geek Native had several employees and was worth $7 million. <laughs> no, there's me, and there's about a half a dozen patrons. The lawsuit will have already damaged Wizards of the Ghosts. It's not hard to find gamers who think that the publisher is the devil, and that these allegations will only inflame those perceptions. We know that Wizards of the Coast are working on bringing back three classic settings to D&D 5e, and I'm not sure how this might impact the chances that Dragonlance is one of them. They might wish to bury the name now, but they might also want to exert control over their setting, pushing Hickman and Weiss further from it. Let's turn our attention to Gamma. That's the Game Manufacturers Association. They've announced plans to restructure. They are only plans right now and they must be approved by a vote by the members. And that vote might not pass because the plan is to broaden the scope of who can be a member so that you don't need to be a game maker. Well, why is this happening? Well, Gamma has had a particularly harsh 2020. Not only has the lockdown and restrictions cancelled conferences and hit logistics of shipping games around, but Gamma's attempt at an online convention Origins Online was cancelled after key guests pulled out. And those guests pulled out because Gamma did not support Black Lives Matter quickly and enthusiastically enough. It's a sign of the times. I still speak to RPG publishers who don't want to have a political stance. I totally get that people turn to gaming for escapism and I can see why some publishers want to respect those wishes. On the flip side, silence is also a political statement. I don't think this tightrope act is exclusive to the tabletop hobby industry. I think every company in the West is walking it right now. Is Geek Native in Gamma? No. I think I could join. It would cost about 50 bucks, but as a blogger, I would qualify. I'd be a communicating member, so I wouldn't get to vote. But as a paid-up communicating member, Gamma would give me press releases and insights to what was going on in the world of game manufacturers. But here's the thing. Isn't telling sites and podcasts like Geek Native what's going on in the world of game manufacture the reason Gamma exists? So why don't they do it? Why do they put a paywall in front of me and other fans who are trying to cover the industry? Sometimes covering the industry unearths some disturbing stories. I will spare you the horrible details, but Fat Goblin Games need your help to pay the vet bills for Gideon the Pig. If you're on the site for the transcript, then you'll be able to see just how cute Gideon is from a picture taken from better times. Sadly, Gideon was shot by a mad neighbour. Why anybody would chase a wee pig down the street is beyond me. So, to help Fat Goblin Games, simply check out their store and drive through RPG and buy anything you fancy. Or line up some Christmas gifts to give away. Or share the story and encourage other people to do so. It is a good time to do shopping on DriveThruRPG because their Halloween sale is in full swing. Look at the Roguetober bundle from Wayward Rogues Publishing. I can't say I know Wayward Rogues very well, but this bundle caught my eyes and it drew plenty of other attention. It contains about $225 worth of RPG goodies and it costs only 10 bucks. That's right, more than $200 value for only 10 bucks. Now, it's easy to see why it's so hard making a living writing RPG material, isn't it? Well, what's even cheaper than 10 bucks? Free. And there are a few freebies that have made it into Audio EXP summary this week. First up, 
there is the adventure of the great hunt from Chaosium. The adventure though is more than just free content. It's also a teaser of the upcoming King Arthur Pendragon 6 edition. It's been two years since Chaosium's founder Greg Stafford passed away and so it's safe to say I wasn't expecting to see any new releases written by him. However, Stafford had been working for a decade on this edition of Pendragon. Chaosium has called it his magnum opus and the ultimate edition. Ergo, it's absolutely worth checking out the adventure of the Great Hunt. Then there's the Secret Files of Section D. This is a Savage World alternative history game. In this alternative history, the Nazis' pseudoscience is real, and so are monsters and aliens. In response, the Secret Service has an elite team of unnaturally talented agents. There's a Kickstarter coming soon, but the generous teaser will get you started. Now, look, there are many great Kickstarters live right now, but let's talk about the crown of the Oathbaker. Yes, it's another D&D 5e adventure. It's by Elderbrain, the people who did Year of the Rogue Dragons, the module in which you could play as a dragon. This time around, Elderbrain ran a considerable survey, and they shared some of the stats from it. The three most popular D&D planes are the Feywild, the Nine Hells, and Shadowfell. Now, I won't run through all the stats in the podcast, but you can find them via the show notes. But I will say that the crown of the Oathbreaker goes to the Feywild, the Nine Hells, and Shadowfell. What classes do people think make for the best arch-villain? Well, that's the Paladin or the Anti-Paladin. And the worst? Ranger. We can speculate on another Kickstarter too. Nightfall Games, the company behind Slay Industries, made an announcement of a surprisingly large game this week, and I suspect the Kickstarter will follow. Nightfall will make the Terminator RPG. Now, we knew the company was working on two games, one in their S5S system, and another in an unnamed but popular game engine. So it's a coin flip as to which the Terminator will be. Do you think there's life in the franchise yet? The last couple of movies have not been a commercial success. Let's finish with a happy success story. The gaming charity Safe in Our World is celebrating its first anniversary with a charity computer game bundle. Money raised from sales will help Safe in Our World protect the mental health of gamers and people who work in the computer games industry. The bundle, which contains seven mental health related games, is available exclusively via Fanatical and is limited to 10,000 keys only. And on that note, let's call it a wrap. Keep safe and stay out of melee range. See you next week. <laughs>